From orchestraexcerpt.com, this is the Per Service Podcast, a show about growing in our musical and personal lives. Wow, it has been some time, but thank you for staying with us. And I guess if you're just binge listening to this in the future, it doesn't really matter. But in either case, it's good to be back with you. And since it's the end of the school year, the end of the orchestra season, we decided to reflect for a minute about the previous year and some of the things we learned from our successes and some of our new challenges. If you are new to the show, we are classical musicians who stay in touch and have these conversations to try to encourage and inspire each other. Because a fulfilling life in the arts is rarely about productivity hacks or quick fixes or unlocking a secret routine, but instead being grateful for what we have and for each other having fun together, and seeing the beauty and complexities all around us. Anna Luce, she is a violinist currently on tour with Hamilton, and she is not throwing away her shot. Christian Marshall of Jost in Graz, Austria, when asked to be principal of his orchestra, said, I don't know how to say no to this. Jessica Wiersma, a violinist in Indianapolis, knows all about the room where it happens. And me, I'm Michael Giblin. I'm a violinist in Boca Raton, Florida, getting a little too familiar with the eye of the hurricane season, that is. Yeah, it is hurricane season down here, and it's not pretty. One last thing is that we would like to thank Fix Music Publishing for providing the hosting for the show. Because when you need sheet music, go check out fixmusic.com. An encore piece that I like is Banjo and Fiddle by William Kroll. a smile to everyone's face. The sheet music, though, is sometimes tricky to get a hold of, but not at fixmusic.com. It and a lot of these hard-to-find selections are in stock and ship within one day. If you visit fixmusic.com, you'll get fast and free shipping on all your orders over $30, and you can get 10% off your entire order by using the promo code per service at checkout. So go visit fixmusic.com. That's F-I-C-K-S music.com. Okay, here is the show. You know who you're going to look like today? Just today. Rachel Dolezal. No, she doesn't. I think she kind of does with her hair up like that and the kind of curls and the glasses. And she's kind of got a tan going on. She looks very, but like not like like white girl tan. Like she looks very Rachel Dolezal. She does not. I totally disagree with that statement. I kind of think she does. Anna's on mute. And I'm going to look up a Rachel Dolezal. Okay. Seriously, Christian, I do know who that is. And you're the worst. I, hey, I'm the biggest Rachel Dolezal defender in the world. Why? She's not black. But she identifies as black. And that is no different than Caitlyn Jenner. Thank you. Oh, God. Oh, wow. There's actually a new documentary (laughs) on Rachel Dolezal. I watched it. It's supposed to be very good and informative. It is informative. Is she the one who was like the leader? She was like the head of the NAACP or something? Yeah, pretending to be black. black. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she is black because she identifies as black. O-M-G. <laughs> no. Okay. No, we are all inclusive. Also, did you guys just see Anna's eye roll? I can feel it across the country when she does that to me. It's, it hasn't like, made there are times Austria, I will text her and way. I'm like, I've felt the eye roll <laughs> all the way across the country. <laughs> Pull on the gravitational. Because it's so like, it like, 
It sends waves. Like, <laughs> shock waves. I feel like I get that at here. least 10 times a day. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh-huh, I think uh-huh. Rachel Dolezal uh-huh. did a really good eye roll, too. Uh-huh, uh-huh. What is happening? <laughs> Nothing is happening. Hold on. Let me really... Hey, Christian, do you want to hear my least recent mouth trumpet? Yes. Watch, watch closely. It's <laughs> <laughs> been, been good. Band right. life has, has Obviously, corrupted you. We, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fully corrupted. <laughs> we haven't talked in a while, so we have to get some sillies out. Guys, it's been a while. Like, I know. I hear... So today is just no strong agenda, but I do want to hear about what's been going on and some kind of just some big things, a little bit of reflecting upon the last year and what's been happening and what's what you've learned from all these big life uh, changes and and what have you? What have you? I have nothing. You have. (laughs) (laughs) You have homework. (laughs) I don't know. I have coffee it's actually really it's really hard to look at your life and be like did i learn anything this year yeah actually i i was thinking that which i thought was funny because i was the one who suggested that and then i was like wait Mm -hmm. i have not learned anything have i it feels a little (laughs) bit like back in bible school we would say what's the lord been teaching you lately oh (laughs) that was my response (laughs) and you have to like kind of reflect and be unsynthesize something like quickly i usually just copy whatever the a person before me would say. Oh yeah, say. what is that? Like the Chris, yeah. what's his name? John Chris? John Chris. John Chris. Yeah. Going through a, a season of reflectiveness. I'm a season I'm of a season I'm of change. A, yeah, I'm a season <laughs> of change. Season of contemplativeness right now. Contemplation. Yes. <laughs> I like contemplativeness. Yeah, that's way better. I like that's that That's a word too. I'm going to, we're going to say yeah, that now. A quick recap on, it's this year... At least for me, I moved from the middle of nowhere, Indiana, down to sunny uh, southern Florida. That's been big for me, working into the gig scene here and doing some other work for the Fiddler Shop and just like, I don't know, with my wife starting a new job too. So that's been big for us. And Anna, you're, you have a new, a big new uh, life change to your, you are on the road. I don't even know where you are right now. Where are you? Coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. Hot Atlanta. You're not that Hot far. Hot Atlanta. I know. Like, it's, like, it's so great to be on the East Coast. I've been on like West Coast, mid, Midwest, South, Texas, whatever that is. And, <laughs> and now I'm back on the East Coast. It's great. But I was just thinking, Jess has kind of been telling me that I've been on tour for a long time, but I just did the math. And it's been almost five months, which is real crazy. Five months. Holy cow. Golly. I didn't even oh, know gosh, that. And May. maybe it's not good that I know it now. <laughs> it's been a very different year. Jess, you've been taking you've been taking auditions like nonstop, right? You were you've been you've been going to town. You've been going to town. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One could say that. I hit the audition scene hard this year. Hard. And it has hit me back hard. We'll get to that. It has had effect. And Christian, is this your, you've been married two years now? Or is this, was this just your first year, first nope. full year? Finishing the second full year. Oh my God, second so full weird. year. We will celebrate that with a week in Israel in two weeks. Wow. We're going to go for eight day vacay. Yeah. Uh, they say you'll never be the same. 
while I went 10 years ago and I have not been the same. So yes. Sorry. That, that was a, uh, I did a, a gig for this, uh, Israel department of tourism and like the slogan that must've been repeated like 75 times in a three hour time slot was visit Israel. You'll never be the same and complete with theme song. Of, You'll never be the same. It's quite impressive. We'll see if I can throw that in. But do you get a kickback for like advertising for them right now? <laughs> I should. Good grief. <laughs> some affiliate sales or something if people go visit Israel. You know, I did that. I I did a, a gig last week, but we had to like do quite a bit of singing in it. Yeah. Like in our charts we're like sing this and mm-hmm. I asked the personnel manager if I got doubling for that. Yeah. He just laughed at me and walked away. I guess that's a hard no. But I mean, you gotta sing and come on. yeah, like yeah. Who do you think I am, Lindsay Sterling? I mean, she doesn't sing, does she? Does she? No, sing but I bet she could. Dancing? I bet she will. She gets doubling Somebody. for dancing and playing the violin. Yeah. She doesn't get doubling. She's a star. There's this girl down here that I've done some gigs <laughs> with. That she does that. She sing she plays violin and sings on like she did a uh like a gershwin medley i think it was a lot of the heifet stuff but like instead of playing summertime she sang summertime huh. and it was really, like, really you good. know it can't be i'm just saying that i was oh, not true. expecting that and i had to sing like some high notes so but no doubling for me i'm just scum not a percussionist terrible, who gets doubling terrible. for playing one little note on the triangle doubling is a real thing bitterness who wants to go first I love you, percussionist. Who's up first? Who wants to reflect and synthesize their life experience and maybe some Ooh. cautionary tales, Ooh. some words of wisdom? Some Me. I'll do it. Who's I'll take some... one for the team. I don't know. Ooh. I can't promise that it'll be great. All right. I want to hear Go. It's hard to, like I mentioned earlier, I think it's hard to reflect on this because you're just like, it's a little, the, you feel like a little pressure, but it's it is, good yeah. because everyone should do it and consider what they've learned and how they can do better next time. Or whatever. Or whatever. <laughs> I can't take I can't take full credit because I did have a discussion with Greg about this and he helped me realize like he helped me, you know, put my brain together, which is very tricky at times. Um, but I will say I think this year it's become clear that there are three elements to a career as a musician. One, sheer talent. Okay. Two, <laughs> preparedness. Mm-hmm. And three, luck. <laughs> or, yeah. I mean, luck slash who you, the, the who you X know. The factor. Yeah. That sort yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what I, the French I, call it, a je ne sais quoi. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> no, um, or no, was it from Austin Powers? He's like, it's what the French call the a certain. Libido, the life force, the essence, the right stuff. What the French call a certain. I don't know what. I, I don't know what. I don't oh, know Oh, I don't know what. <laughs> I don't yeah, what know is what. This? Uh, Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Many me. All right. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, anyway, uh, yeah. talent, preparedness, and... Luck. Some luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think this year for me, preparedness in all things has mm. been the big... The big in. Yeah. Because I've had a little dose of luck. I clearly have so much talent. <laughs> People with talent never want to acknowledge their talent also. 
Oh gosh, I don't know. That's that, true. You know, yeah, I'm a crappy everybody, violinist. Nobody actually. wants. Nobody wants to just admit, like, yeah, you know, I'm just insanely talented. I don't know. Some people do admit that, though, and it's like, annoying. But I feel, but anyway. I feel like Greg does that <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe he would also stress his preparedness. That's all funny. right. So I uh, yeah, and I, I feel like that makes sense because that's in a way that's the only one of the three that you can control. Yeah. Yep. And I also think it's not just being prepared on your instrument. I think it has to do with mental, physical, emotional, like all elements. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. How has that showed that's up my, that's on, my on the road? How has that been present traveling and, and working with like the same people every night, day in and day out? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that's definitely <laughs> why I've come to this realization. There are, there are some people. <laughs> Which I think any I think any of them would agree with. You know, I think what I've learned more than just being prepared on my instrument, which I feel like we all have a grasp on. Right. Right. You know, that that like that's inevitable, like do the work, do your job, know what you're getting into. But I have had some physical struggles, which being on the road has been great because we get to have physical therapy like the dancers do, which is so helpful. But it's making me more conscious of my body and how I use it. And the fact that I can't just like, I'm 32 now. I can't just like plop down in my seat in the pit and start and play a show for three hours and expect that I'm not going to have any physical ramifications. (laughs) So you can't just plop down and play a three hour show and expect it to be fine physically. Um, and so that's, you know, lent to more responsible taking care of my body, et cetera. And in addition to that, I've had to have way more mental preparation in dealing with the same humans every day and living with them, eating dinner with them. I mean, all of it. It's just been a very interesting time and a very big learning experience for me. Yeah, I think that'd be interesting because the preparedness for playing the show kind of decreases. Like the more the more times you've done it, it's like you could probably play it in your sleep now. But there's more challenges of respecting all your your coworkers now and. Is that, has that been difficult or is that, do you have any advice for how to navigate that well? Jess, do you have any advice on how to navigate that well from dealing with me? <laughs> Jess been dealing with you. I maybe hear about some of the things that happen. Um, <clears throat> it's like I'm there cause I want to pretend that I'm there. Well, our next episode, I want to hear some like good stories. Like it's the next, our next episode is going to be tales from the road or gig, gig stories. So. I think it's just tricky to always be with the same people anyway. So I think that you, I think you move past the, like we're professionals and colleagues and you move more into like we're family type situations. And so like you start having, yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't know. I just think it changes when you're always together. And so it moves more past the colleague thing into like friends slash family situation. And that can, you know, well, and I think it's like it, bring a different element in. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a good lesson. Like, you know, if you do get contracted in a job where you regularly see people and of course, playing is part of it. You know, obviously I'm saying that interpersonal things for me have been more of a situation this year than before. And I think everyone, all of us will deal with this at some point. Um, you know, you need to, it's good to reevaluate your expectations as far as like someone being your friend and someone being your colleague and, and when you're on the road, that's all just amplified. So really, it's it's just like if there was a takeaway from my what I've learned this year, I would say it's that being prepared in all things and not being blindsided by anything is ideal. 
So like having a warmed up body and a stre- a well-stretched body and like a brain that's ready to interact with humans on a healthy level as much as possible. It's just like, and, and that could work in any work environment, you know, oh. not going in cold turkey to anything. It's yeah. Good stuff. Next. Like Let's get one of the boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian, you want to go? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what's, what's been going on with you this year? Actually, what I have learned over the last year was just made apparent. And it would be that the clarity that comes from decision-making wanes over time. And what I mean by that is the conviction you had to make a decision either to quit something or to join something, that naturally wanes. And you need reminders. And you need to find ways to remind yourself. Hmm. So I experienced it in two ways. One was... Just about exactly a year ago, I realized the orchestra that I was playing in was not good for me and I needed to quit. So last May, I told them that was my last concert. Well, six weeks ago, I got an email from them, uh, from the you know personnel manager. And she was like, yeah. oh, the principal can't play this project. Like, can you come and play? Uh, like, oh, great. Okay. So I did it. <gasps> and from the first rehearsal. It's like the, it's like the mafia. Just when I thought I was out. They pull me back in. It's like once you try to cut, but they suck you back in. Yes, yes. But I really realized like this, like it all became clear after one rehearsal. It's like, this is why Uh, I quit. Like this is what exactly. And I really was close to quitting the next morning. But Maria, my wife convinced me not to. She was like, you know, be professional and just keep your reputation clean. And so I finished the project. But again, it was just a clear reminder of like, no, I made the right decision last year and I'm not coming back. And it showed me that even though that when I made the decision, I I knew everything, but you forget over time and you start to paint other pictures of how it was. And you think, oh, I want to go back. But no, actually, that's not okay. So what happened um, when you got the email and you, you like had to think about it? Were you? Yeah, well, I mean, my ego was stroked. It was like, oh, they want me back for principal. Nice. And they thought of me like they didn't ask anyone else who was in the ensemble. Like I haven't been there for a year, but they wanted me to come in and you know join as principal. Uh, so that was all fine. And I thought, okay, great. Like maybe it'll be different if I'm principal. No, <laughs> it was not different. <laughs> if anything, you know, you're, 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 you're at the brunt of more of the discomfort. Ah. Uh, and so it's just like, okay, no. And, and so it reminded me the natural, natural, um, it's not entropy, you know, just like things naturally get worse, you know, and you always need to find ways to get things to go back up and to set up reminders. And the opposite, you know, a year ago when I quit the orchestra, I was full into practicing and setting mm-hmm. up auditions and doing stuff that kept me practicing, but I stopped doing that. Interesting. You know, I stopped these biomarkers. And so that, that fresh inspiration I had to, to re- reinvest in my viola playing also waned. It also decreased because I was not reminding myself of why I had made the decision. So I think that's something I've also learned even outside of music. I, I always need to find ways. And it's usually about every four to six weeks to remind myself why I'm doing what I'm doing. I need to find ways to change up my schedule, keep things fresh because once it settles down into a routine and I stop asking myself why and what for I, I lose motivation. I become lazy. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm no longer interested in things for the same reason hmm. as I was the weeks before. So I think that's my, that's my year is, you know, yeah. Re- keep reminding yourself why you've made the decision and set up 
mile markers that remind you and that give you new inspiration and a, and a yeah. fresh take on things. Yeah. It's like the, the new year's resolution kind of fades and you need right exactly monthly resolutions or something. Yeah. We should do that. Monthly resolutions. I don't know. No, no. <laughs> Is that always why, why diets start on Monday? And My like, diet okay, starts tomorrow. tomorrow. Oh. I don't know. Oh, sorry. No, actually, I think that could be a good idea. No, I would I would definitely be into monthly resolutions. Are you kidding? I need motivation on tour, you guys. Help me. Help. It's funny. What I've noticed is that I cannot do anything daily for more than about two to three weeks. You know, for example, like a workout routine or something, and I want to do it every day. After about two, two and a half, three weeks, it's too familiar. And then the fourth week is the most difficult. But if I change my routine every two weeks, it's always fresh. It's always new. You know, it's like you can eat leftovers for one day, but the same meal leftovers for a week. Like nobody <laughs> wants that. This is like flashback to our meal prep rant, but <laughs> from like, <laughs> you can't make a salad. I want some soggy salad seven days in a row. But it's kind of like that. I re- you know, like, yeah, no, I totally understand. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally imagine, understand. Imagine setting up a practice schedule, how you're going to practice your instrument the exact same way for one month. Wait, wait, where's the creativity? Where's the inspiration? Where's the room for some sort of, ugh, I don't know, just I, I fail after two weeks. I can't. So rather than failing, I just say, OK, I'm going to make several two week plans and then I can do it for several months. So having learned that about myself. Um, I've actually, yeah, about the past two months, I've been really good at trying to change my schedule up every two weeks or so. Yeah. And I was going to ask, has that, so that has been, you've learned that from, from doing it or you've no, learned it from not doing um, it? I learned it from not doing it, but then I've tried mm-hmm. to implement it and I've had some success over the past two months. So that's, what's making me think nice. like, actually this, this is the reason. To, yeah. It's good to learn from successes. I often just learn from the failures. It's- well, Michael, you had a big life change. You moved, you had to get into oh. a new freelancing. What's the I deal? Did. So things are a lot different this year and it's been, it's been some, some big ups and, and some big downs. And so catch everybody up. I was, I was living in Northern Indiana and I was, it was great. Actually, I was, could do the podcast a lot more. I had a lot more uh, time on my own and I had actually like more space in our house to had like a dedicated room for stuff and, and moving down here in Florida, the cost of living is significantly higher. And, and so it's like, I've, I've been, been, been able to gig more, which was a big change that I was looking for. I wanted to uh, do some more gigs and I'm happy to say I'm now a member of the uh, Miami city ballet. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I t- so I took an audition um, pretty much when I first got down here in like August and kind of subbed throughout the season. And then at the end of the year, they offered me a contract. And so I'm very, very happy about that. And I've also gotten some work from, uh, with some other, the local orchestras, um, from friends. And what I learned was, I should have started off with this, was that still when, when you do move to a new city or you're setting up new things, it's like, your friends and your resume can open the door for you quite a bit. And it's, it's great to have those things if you have them, but you still have to walk through the door. You still have to pay your dues in a sense. And so I had a little bit of balance of both that 
there were some times where I got some opportunities, but it's like I still had to a little bit wait my turn. You know, there are other musicians that are always, you know, that are equally qualified that have been here before you and been here longer or whatever. And so it's not a guarantee that just because you have a like a nice resume that it means you're going to get work. And in a sense, you still you still have to play the game a little bit. And and a lot of, I think a lot of musicians don't want to admit that there is sort of a game to freelancing and 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 game sounds like Game of Thrones, like it's conniving and <laughs> manipulative and stuff. But it's it's a lot of the things I think that like Anna was talking about that it's like you have to be prepared. You have to show up and work with colleagues and you have to be nice. And sometimes there is a little bit more of a a game to it that sometimes you have to be a little bit nicer to people than you're comfortable or you have to be a little bit more cheery than you want to. And that's, I think that's where some musicians will say, Oh, you just have to be so fake and kiss up to people. And it's like, well, I'm not asking you to be somebody that you're really not, but you have to have a good attitude. And it's like, if you have a good attitude, that's, that's all I think you need Maybe that's not the only thing you need, but that's the sort of the game part of it is that you have to show up and try. And, and, and that means like you, you have to meet people. You have to. And then some of it was after you get a chance, you need the people around you to recommend you and you need those people to continue to push for you. They need to vote for you. And so that's like after the door has been opened, you still have to walk through. And so that I think it's difficult when you when you move that you're like, oh, I'm going to land on my feet and it's going to be awesome and I'm I'm such a big shot that they're going to always call me. And here in Florida, a little, it was a little challenging and actually because the season starts much later. Like actually it's basically summer now and the first thing I have doesn't start until like middle or end of October. And so it's like it's pretty much dead as far as the eye can see. Yeah. And so when we first moved down here, there were months and months of just like, oh, my gosh, am I going to get called for anything? Was moving down here a mistake? On the other hand, sorry, I have like this might be a little bit of my second uh, thing that I've learned is that I have been I've been doing a lot of work now for uh, Fiddlershop.com. And it's been so rewarding and so gratifying and such like a blessing uh to for them to be down here for them for for this to work out but in a sense my lesson i've learned is and i don't mean this for this to sound derogatory but people will pay you not to pursue your dreams right it's a little bit captain obvious here but it's like people will pay you not to do the thing that you want to do because and i know that i you know, I reek of white male privilege and, and stuff that it's like, well, we have to pay our bills. We have to have a job. You have to. And it's like, yeah, nobody wants to, nobody wants to work in a toll booth, but it's like people will pay you to work in a toll booth so that you won't go do whatever. If you have some other desire to, to do something just, I mean, I take that with a grain of salt because actually working with a fiddler shop has been amazing. The video work that I do in a sense is like so many aspects of myself. Like I get to be all these aspects of myself in, in the work that I do there that it's really gratifying that, and that in lots of ways that I don't get to be when I play an orchestra because an orchestra, you kind of have to shut up and sit down and match everybody else. And it's all about not sticking out and not if, you know, if you 
have a terrible conductor, like you can say, I mean, not, not in the job after rehearsal's done. Yeah. Go ahead and complain all you want. But the, the video work that I do, like I get to be critical of like products if they don't make sense. And, and I get to be sort of comedic and I get to be like the work, the editing work is very technical. And so in a ways it's, it's doing a lot of high level things that are really at the end of the day, it's very satisfying and I get paid at the end of the day, day too, as opposed to a lot of the orchestra excerpt, like the website work that I do, that's all like if people buy it and if a lot of people watch this, then then I'll make some money in from it, but eventually. And so there's a lot of things that that's been interesting uh, for me. And also I explains why you haven't heard very many podcasts lately is that I've actually been busy like doing gigs, doing the fiddler shop trying to be present, uh, at home. And, uh, and I don't have that margin that I used to when I was in Indiana. So that's been, that's been tricky for me. I think we talked about that earlier in a podcast about like, I think Christian brought, brought it up. It was that like, you're, you're only a hundred percent. You only have a hundred percent. You can't work all day at a job and come home and expect to have the same amount of energy to work on your side hustle. And so that's been, that's been very apparent, uh, this year for me. Does that make sense? Oh, for sure. Sounds like you've learned a lot. Also, I think now that you've been there for a year, you know, I bet this year you'll get more calls and like gig wise Uh and performing wise. It takes a while, you know, it does. It's, it's, it's tricky. I think for anybody that's now that like, if you're finishing school and you're moving to a new city and stuff. I had forgotten, you know, I I had been in, you know, I was in Nashville for a while. And after a while, you forget what it's like to start over. And sometimes, sometimes you have to start at the bottom. Sometimes it's frustrating that you're like, I used to be playing much higher level gigs than this, but what, so why aren't I still getting the good gigs? And it's like, well, you have to pay your dues when you, when you show up. Yeah. Well, it's not just paying your dues. It's also like just getting known. Like you're, Mm -hmm. you're the new person. Yeah. People don't know you yet. Yeah. So, so that was, that was a little bit of a painful reminder too. Although there was actually, um, a girl at, in the, one of the gigs that said, Oh, don't you have, you have a podcast or don't And I was like, she's like, yeah, I've listened to it. I was like, what? What? Well, that's exciting. Shout out to Camille Ripple. We're going to be famous. We already are. We're going to be a syndicated podcast. (laughs) Somewhere. So what's been going on with you, Jess? What's been what's been happening? Okay, so there are some things I've learned and there are things I'm learning that I think uh-huh. are an ongoing. So why are you laughing at me, Life Christian? I haven't even said things yet. I'm not laughing. I'm just enjoying. He is such a liar. <laughs> He's totally laughing at me for something. I don't know why. Okay, that's fine. I don't need to know. Um, Only because I, it's because I see the corner of Gibby's face in oh. the cam and how you were like, just how it was when you were calling him, like, because he thinks he's a person and then no, just came closer. It was just, it was the whole drama. Oh, he does do the drama. That is very true. That is true. Okay. So I decided that I would hit the audition trail road path, like really hard this year. And it has hit hard back. So, mm-hmm. so I've taken, you guys, I've done a lot of auditions. 
this year. It's kind of embarrassing. And one thing I have learned, at least for me, and maybe this is also like somewhat specific for me, but I, I think that this could apply to a lot of people. No, we, want to hear, we want to hear from you. The more auditions I take, the more of a head game it has become. I'm not saying that, you know, I don't need mm-hmm. to practice or that I know all the excerpts perfect, you know, and can play them perfectly every time. But, but I definitely mm-hmm. think, unfortunately, the more I've done them, the more I get in my head about them. Although I've also learned this year that I'm an overthinker, which I didn't really know because I thought this is what everybody's brain was yeah. like. And so like learning that coupled with then doing all of these auditions, it's kind of been like, oh my gosh. One thing I'm trying to learn is to how to get out of my head and just play like I know I can play. Mm-hmm. But that has been really hard, actually. Well, one thing I'm learning about that then is how to balance doing all the auditions that I want to do with the practicing I still Mm -hmm. have to work like, so how to do that and do self care so that you don't die. Fun little fact. I lived out one of my worst nightmares the other week when I was on stage at a concert and in the middle of a piece, all of a sudden realized I had no idea where I was. And I don't mean like in the piece. I mean like in life, I was like, where am I? And I almost passed out on stage Whoa. in the middle of uh, Copeland's Rodeo or Hoedown from a Rodeo. And I just had to stop playing. Oh, my gosh. It was terrible. And of course, that was the day that somebody else was out. So I was moved up to like third stand or something. And I'm basically in front of the, the wind section. So I'm like right in the middle of the stage. <laughs> and I had to um, somehow get off stage. Oh, wow. So. That, that like, was uh, really... So you got up and left? Like, I had to leave. Really? I was like, I'm gonna... I'm like, this is not... Go- I'm not gonna make it. So, so yeah, that was a fun <gasps> oh nightmare gosh. to live out. Um, so anyway, wow. things like that that I'm learning, like, okay, so apparently I've been internalizing things much more than I thought. Um, and, like, that was a week ago today, actually, and I'm still, like, not feeling well. So my point is... That I like the the audition trail is like it's, it's like, hard. I don't know why I'm calling it a trail, like the trail yeah. of tears. Like I don't know, <laughs> except that like it has been a trail of tears. So like maybe it's aptly named. But that's been like really hard, and I have to figure out how to let some of that go. Which is funny because like I thought I was doing that well, but I guess I need to do it better. And your mm-hmm. and also like your body is trying to tell you stuff. So I think I need to like listen to that. Again, this is all stuff I'm still learning mm-hmm. and you guys get to be my therapists and like hear me like try to talk through what it. What does the head game kind of like, when does it really kick into gear? Is it the day of the, is it like weeks before? Or does it get like really intense? In it's the- constant. Like I've been trying to make some practice or some changes to how I practice in order to mm-hmm. kind of fight that. Have you done anything that's been helpful or what is there something I mean no because then I get back into my head like on the day of when I'm like when I walk on the stage okay the other thing that makes auditions a head game are that auditions can be totally stupid and run in such a poor manner that it can affect your brain yeah there's some sort of phrase that's like oh if you've seen one you've seen them all and it's like no in auditions if you've seen one you've seen one (laughs) because like who knows? Yeah. And and there have been some that have been um, 
I think really damaging mentally. Um, you could have a whole audition in different ways. Episode. So, uh, oh, I have so many. I could also write a book on it, which maybe I will someday. Um, but yeah, so that that's a thing, and so that's always like difficult. And the thing is, like intellectually, I understand that for the most part, these things are not mm-hmm. personal. You know, like what happens is not personal, yeah. but it gets really difficult to actually believe that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's not a personal thing that they because they don't know you but it can feel personal because you spent so much time and energy and money um preparing and then for certain things to like go down the way they've gone down it is hard to not feel like or to like and even if you keep telling yourself it's not a personal thing look they just they also did the same thing to the next three people after me it gets it still can get very like hard to believe that and not internalize it so yeah have you ever seen those like pie charts that are jokes but it's like the mind of a musician and it's mm-hmm. like part of it is about like they spend this much time practicing mm-hmm. they spend 10 percent of their day worried about child prodigies and then like 70 percent of their time is spent like with critic like with <laughs> crippling self-doubt or whatever and like this year has just added right. to that so i feel like with some of the things that have happened and they seem like they have no reason or purpose for happening. And it's like adds to the self doubt, which adds to the mental games, which has made auditions Mm -hmm. more ridiculous than they normally need to be. It's like auditions would be hard enough if it was like playing into a computer that analyzed how many right notes and how many wrong notes or something like, you know, if it was like completely objective, but it's like, there are all these extra layers of, the the mental game and then like the politics of there's just so much and-, and to be fair i should say that i have taken a lot of auditions this year and some places have been like they're set up well they're run well there are no problems so it's not like everything you show up to you're gonna be like oh my gosh i wasn't prepared for like for like birds to fly through the room while i'm playing or something like that's not <laughs> That's not normal. Um, Do you mind if I share one of the, the my favorites? The one that we took we, when we took the Indianapolis Subless audition was wasn't it the um, like the proctor, not even proctor, but just sort of like the runner came in and said, like, oh, they're not listening to Mozart today. <laughs> but there was like a Mozart concerto and there was a Mozart excerpt. Yes, and she didn't say. <laughs> Like, did, did, I believe you asked her, like, yeah, there was just, hey, did you, or did you say, or, or she said the wrong one or something? Yeah, it was, then, right. Wasn't that how this, I can't remember exactly how the story went. There, it was just like mass miscommunication. Yeah. Yes. There was a Mozart excerpt and a Mozart concerto. That, I feel like that's a, they that, told like, some people there would be no Mozart. Um, and what they meant was there'd like, be no Mozart excerpt, but people then didn't play their concerto. Excerpt. It was a whole thing. Right. Things like that were. Like it feels very personal because like they came and they were like, oh, no, you don't have to play your concerto. And then you get on stage and you're like, start with your concerto. And you're like, what? What? <laughs> right. So it's not personal. Um, mistakes happen everywhere, but it's hard to sometimes get that out of your head then that it's or that like you don't feel singled out. Like because if you're like the first person that they have that happen to, um, you feel like you're the one who messed up so that everyone else wouldn't have to. <laughs> You know, so then everyone else would get the like correct information. Oh, um, right. Yeah. 
And so again, that's not personal, but it's hard to not feel like you weren't given a fair opportunity or, or whatever. So, and like auditions are just a crapshoot as I've learned, but I've also learned that people really respect that whole thing. So like they respect people who take it because they know that they are terrible. (laughs) So, which has been nice because I think that's part of the thing as a freelancer, depending on what you've always wanted, if you wanted a job in an orchestra, you can start feeling like mm-hmm. everybody in orchestras just looks at you and think you're a loser for not having that full-time job and still struggling to like get one. And I've learned that's not the case, actually, which is kind of nice. Yeah, I have a lot of respect for you for, for, for doing so, it. Anyway, I'll stop talking now. No, it's all good stuff. It's, it's been a it's been a year. It has been a year. Yeah, it has. Anybody it have has. any other uh, bonus bonus life lessons? Christian looks no. like he's pondering. No, oh, okay. He was giving it a good a thought bonus. though. Yes, I was giving it a good thought. But yeah. Well, guys, it's been a while since we've done the sign offs. Do you think we can even? Do you think we? Do, do you think? I don't know. <laughs> Probably <Maybe> not. not. <laughs> all right, let's give this a shot. Okay, stretch okay, it out. Okay, stretch gotta it out. Get, gotta out. loosen up the yeah. body. Yeah. Gotta get prepared. Michael's gotta being gotta right. Stretch out. Feel. Mm-hmm. How, what, mm-hmm. Any mm-hmm. any good stretches? Have you learned any good stretches, Anna, for this? Like, do you? Yeah. Um, stretch for out. sign offs? No, I can't no, say that. No. No. Okay. Get get the trumpet ready. Get the trumpet S- ready. Mouth trumpet I got ready. Wrist and shoulder ones. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. Well, folks, I am Michael O'Giblin. I'm Anna Luce. I'm Jessica Wiersma. And I am Rachel Dolezal. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting so excited. I was like, don't laugh, don't laugh, don't laugh. <laughs> There's a mouth trumpet. It's one, over. One, one, time, one, one, one time from me. What a weird like person to have fixated on today. I I am a little bit fixated on Like there's something about her that I really. I'm a little offended. But we're drawn to right now. Yeah, but but have been ever since the scandal first happened. Like I'm a good like a two year long fan now. Oh, anyway, okay, Michael, go. All right, I am Michael Giblin. I'm Rachel Dole. Is all. I am. <laughs> well, now there okay, is a okay. picture in the show notes page of Rachel Let's go, Rachel. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe I am Michael Giblin. I am Anna Luce. I'm Jessica Wiersma. And I am Christian Marshall. <laughs> nice. It went down. It usually, usually It's really goes hard up to and... like do mouth trouble when you're laughing. <laughs> Well, that is our show, folks. That is what we've been learning this year, that life in the arts is about talent, preparedness in all things, and just some good old luck. That the clarity for decisions you make fades over time, and you might need some reminders that moving and starting over really is challenging, and connections are really important, but you still have to do the work and show up and that you only have 100% energy. You can't give it all in one part of your life and expect to have it in the other areas. And from Jess, that auditions are maybe equally about mental preparation as they are about musical preparation. What have you learned this year? 
you can see some of the links to the things we mentioned in our show notes page. They are perservice.co slash 39, like the numbers. And if you enjoy our conversations, could you do this one simple thing to help us out? Please just leave us an honest rating or review in iTunes. It just helps other listeners find our show. And there are some amazing people behind the scenes who support our work on Patreon. And we'd like to thank Siri Bloom, Kathleen Lavengood, Sarah Lee, and Anne Brigaman for their generosity and their unwavering support. And if you'd like to support our show financially to help us with our operating costs, just search for our show on patreon.com. Of course, a link for that is in our show notes page, preservers.co slash 39. Well, we have some very special episodes coming up this summer and possibly some interesting people stopping by to join us too. So stay tuned. Get it tuned like musician. Okay. No. Until then, be well and practice well. Well,